Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Rooted Deep, a podcast featuring Reba Bowman and Allison Hale. Hey everybody, this is Reba and welcome to Rooted Deep. This is a podcast where we try to focus every week on a quali- something quality to pour into your life so that you can become stable and successful. And uh, we are excited about doing that. And really today, Allison, we're, we've got a great guest with us today who really is going to talk about an issue that I think is pivotal in all of our lives, and that's the topic of money. Yeah, I love the person that we're talking to, but I don't love the topic. And so that's probably a good thing when you don't want to talk about something, at least find somebody that you like to tell you about it, right? And so we've, yeah. uh, we're, I'm really thankful uh, for Penny uh, and, and her ministry as well as just her knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. We, we, we're joined today with Penny Durego. Now, Penny, uh, welcome to the podcast. I'm going to let you just introduce yourself a little bit. And tell us, uh, why in the world did we pick you to talk about money? (laughs) So welcome. Very good. Thank you, Reba. And just thank you both for having me. Uh, I love you both to pieces. And so this is a real pleasure and an honor to be able to do this with you. Uh, I've been in the financial services business now for 35 years. So when my husband and I first married, he was a pilot in the Air Force. He got out of the Air Force uh, about seven years into our marriage, and he started in the financial services industry. And I soon followed him. So we've made our career together in helping people, basically telling them what to do with their money. Okay, so that's my background. I've loved my job. I have met some incredible people uh, through the years that have become clients of mine, not necessarily people that you would consider with a lot of wealth, but I have seen how a lot of different people have become successful in different ways in investing through the through the different areas of their life. So um, I've been really blessed that way. So there's not one way to do this. There are several different ways, depending upon your circumstance and what you can and can't do. So my hope today is to share with y'all some of the things I've learned in that area. Oh, that's going to be so good, because I think this is an area that we all um, think about. I mean, it's a central focus of your life, whether you want it to be or not. Uh, because it takes money, you know, somebody once said it takes money to make the world go around and, you know, to eat, uh, to, to transport yourself, to raise your children, uh, you know, or if you're single, uh, just to figure out how to navigate through, um, it, all of that requires knowing how to be a good steward of finances. Mm. And the Bible talks, uh, it's interesting. The Bible has so much to say about money. I mean, so much to say. You wouldn't think Jesus would have talked about money so much, but he did. Uh, I mean, there was just so much in the Bible that that is uh, principles and uh, things to guide us through money. So maybe, Allie, that's kind of where we should start a little bit, is talking a little bit about what does the Bible talk about money and, and how does that shape how we live our lives? Exactly. And, and it is, we and we've talked about the spiritual disciplines before. And yeah. this is stewardship is a is a spiritual discipline. So I'm really thankful that we can we can listen to Penny and, and from a biblical perspective and from a you know from a stewardship perspective. At you know Penny, what does the Bible tell us about money and and how should that really shape the way women look at money and feel about it? I mean, I love it, but I don't like when I don't have it. So what what do we do? Well, Allie, it's uh, interesting. When I first started in the financial services business, I had a little bit of guilt uh, because I felt, you know, 
I'm not quite sure this is a, is a mission field, if you will. Uh, but then I got into it and I realized, yes, in fact, the Lord does, you know, it's mentioned money and wealth is mentioned 2000 times in the Bible. And it is talked about almost more than anything else. And what God tells us about money and his word is really important. And it, he asks us and tells us not to let it become an idol. And he also talks about, we can either worship our wealth or worship with, with our wealth. And worship, worship our wealth or worship with our wealth. That's a lot. That's a tongue tire. Anyway, um, so it's an important topic, you know, and we can do a lot with money for the Lord if we do it right. And so that's kind of the angle that I come uh, to today with to talk a little bit about. Um, and what's interesting is it isn't just a topic for women. It's a topic for men, too. But we're going to talk specifically to women today because that's our audience. Um, so this discussion is important. And so if you look at and I'm going to kind of move on here to a different different way of looking at this. But mm-hmm. back in 2018, 44 percent of women were investors. That's not a big number. But by 2021, 67% of women were investors. So it is starting to be a topic that women do want to talk about and want to hear about. And what I think is interesting is over 60% of women today are the head, if you will, of the financial decisions in their household, Mm -hmm. even because they're single or they've lost their husband or their husband's just not interested, whatever. So it is something that is kind of getting dumped on us as women. And I think it's really important that we start feeling, just feeling empowered to make some correct decisions about money. Oh, I think that's so good. And I think too, it's important to say, even at the beginning of the podcast, so that somebody doesn't say, oh, well, this must not be a good podcast for me because I'm, I'm broke. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't have a lot of money. Um, the Bible doesn't necessarily say he who has a lot of money has responsibility and who has little money doesn't have a whole lot of responsibility. Um, actually, Stewardship principles expand over your little as well as your much, right? I mean, Penny, when we look at scriptures, we find that it's important for us to be responsible if we have a little. And it's also important for us to make good decisions if we have a lot. That's right. No, amen to that. That's absolutely true. And we all, unless you inherit a lot of wealth, we all start out with a little, okay? And uh, one of the things that we can talk about is what to do at different decade in different decades of our life, depending mm. on what money looks like, what we can do during those decades. Oh, that's good. So let, let's ask this. Why, why is it so important right now? As we sit here 2023, why is it so important right now for women to be active in the management of money? Well, one, there's three real reasons. Uh, we live longer than men. We just do. So it's going to end up on our plate, most probably sooner or later. Okay. Mm-hmm. Another reason is that we only earn about 82% of what men earn. And that's for a lot of reasons. In most families, uh, the women are the caregivers. We're obviously the ones that stop and have children and then you go back into the workforce. Um, and so we have to um, take time to think about not just about today, but about what does this look like when I'm in my 60s and I need to start having money to live off of along with social security. 
what can I do today if I'm not at 60 yet? What can I do today to make that look like a different picture and a more pleasing picture, easier to live with, and also just lightening the load of our mind when we get to this spot where we do have to live off retirement funds, you know, that we have some peace and, and we can serve the Lord, whatever that looks like. That's good. Um, so we're, you know, just kind of looking, I think this the implication of decades is a great way to go. Um, so as we look at this for women, somebody's probably listening right now that's in their 20s. All right. They are just getting their first real job, right? Uh, you know, maybe they graduated from college. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they got out of high school and they went into uh, their career and they're trying to figure out what to do with the, uh, sitting at 20 somethings. What would you tell them, Benny? Well, when you're in your 20s, usually we get there with some debt, okay? Debt is not a sin, okay? It comes with life. And if you went to college or you had to, you were on your own, had to get your own first apartment, had to buy your own car, whatever, sometimes you come to the 20s with some debt. And so my recommendation for folks in their 20s is get rid of the debt. However long it takes you, you pay 50 bucks a month, whatever it is, just start making that your target is to get rid of the debt. Because when you get rid of that debt, that frees up a lot of other things for you in the savings department. The next thing, once you get your debt started paying off that, get an emergency fund. Um, some of us are blessed in our 20s with parents that can help us and some are not. And so you've got to figure out how do I pay for that tire? How do I pay for this? Those little emergencies. And so I usually tell people I have about six months of living expenses in an emergency fund, just something that you can get to. No matter what happens, you've got something there. It's just a relief. Yeah. And then last, um, if you're working, hopefully when you're in your 20s, you're starting to work. If you work for a corporation, get involved with their retirement plan. Walk up to the HR department, call them on the phone and say, hey, I need to get in the retirement plan. Tell me what to do. They are used to walking people through this. This isn't new to them. OK, and just find how you can get started with that. If you're not with the corporation, let's say you're you have a job where you're not part of a corporation, you're self-employed, um, go to a nearby financial institution, and say, hey, I need a retirement plan. Just get started putting tiny, tiny bits in. You don't have to put all of it in. You can start slow. This is not a sprint. It is a marathon. But if you start in your 20s, as little as you put in makes the makes the biggest difference when you get into your 60s, more than you'll ever really understand until you get there, like I am now. And I'm thinking, wow, that little retirement plan I started in my 20s is really, it's worth something now because of the time value of money. So mm -hmm. emergency fund, pay off debt, and just get started in something that looks like a retirement plan, whatever that is for you. That's, that is so funny. You, you said that because when I, I remember when I, when I was in my twenties, my mom asked me what I wanted for Christmas and I wanted tires because I didn't have <laughs> the money for it. I'm like, and I'm like, that's so right. sad that I was like, yeah, I'm an adult and I need tires, you know? And that was sad because used to, I was used to getting games and nice clothes and whatever for Christmas. And I just wanted tires because uh, we have to, all of a sudden we're faced with, wow, you know, I'm on my own for, for some of it. And so in, in the twenties, it's you, it, I think it's so important to, to tell, because my, I remember a conversation that I had with a financial planner in my twenties and they were so kind. They didn't make me feel like I had no money. They were like, I, I'm, I was putting, you know, 20, 30, $30 away, you know, here and there. And they were just, they treated me like I had a million. And I was really thankful at that moment for that person that just said, no, start now. It's why. So 
If you're intimidated in your 20s, if you're intimidated by financial advisors, they're, they, they are there, like, like Penny says, they are there and they're, they're going to treat you I'm, I, that they're, because they, they appreciate that wisdom and that forethought, I feel like, in, um, for, for, your, for your 20s. So, so ask those questions. So, all right, what about our 30s? What, well, I'm not in my 30s anymore, but I'm going to act like I am. In my, in my 30s, tell me what we need to do. Well, you know what, let's kind of lump the 30s and 40s together because mm, okay. they look a little bit alike depending upon where you are in life. Um, continue with the retirement plan. Also, we tend in our 30s and 40s to skip jobs, okay? Um, in America, on the U.S., people change jobs every three and a half years. It's so much more prevalent than it used to be. Wow. Um, my, my parents, you know, they had the same jobs their whole lives. You know, that's just right. Our generation was a little different, but now really people are jumping around jobs. It's not necessarily a bad thing. But what happens is every time you move from one job to another, you need to get started with a retirement plan with that company that you're working for. But the company that you were with that had the retirement plan, you need to move it to the one that you're currently with. So you don't end up at 60 with all these retirement plans at all these different places and you've lost track. Okay, so build on the idea of retirement planning, but also keep your retirement plans in one spot. Okay, mm -hmm. and it's very easy to do with corporations. They know how to roll over a retirement plan from one company to another. Um, also, um, when we talk about your 30s and your 40s, every raise you get as much as you want to spend that raise. And I just so get that. Take a little bit of that money and add it to your plan. OK, if you've maxed down on your retirement plans and start another little account where you are investing in some mutual funds, which is a whole different conversation. But the point is, keep growing your retirement in your in your savings along with your salaries. OK, and that is so hard to do because you really love getting that extra hundred or two hundred dollars a month. And oh man, could I think of a hundred ways to spend it? Take part of it and put it away as well. And um, the other thing is, if you have kids. If you have your retirement plans taken care of and your emergency fund and you feel like, you know what, we're in a good place, the 529 plans, which is another story, but there is a way to save for your children's college that gives you the ability to put money away tax-free for them to use. There's a lot of bells and whistles, so Google it, see if it's pertinent to you. Ask your financial advisor or whoever you talk to about money, about a 529. But it's a great way to get a head start on kids' college, particularly when you're in your 40s and you see it coming down the road. Don't, however, and I see people make this mistake, they, give, they quit giving to their own retirement plans to fund their kids' college. Okay. Kids are going to make it fine through college. They can borrow the money. They can get scholarships. They can get grants. There are ways. Don't, don't pull back from your own savings plan to make sure your kids get a college. It feels like a very noble thing to do when you're doing it. But later down the road, when you retire, your children are really going to appreciate that you're not having to go to them for money. Okay. And if you've done it right, you don't have to. So it's it's a give take thing. Okay. It'll make Christmas and Thanksgiving a lot less awkward if we're all just <laughs> thank you. There is nothing more awkward than family and money, right? So right. that's kind of the 30s and 40s. Um uh, I'm sorry. Well, no, I, I think that's so good because I, I I again I just think um especially the age we live in right now, for those young people that are in. The 20s and even I think this is still a temptation for those in the 30s and sometimes the 40s is the idea that we can somehow get rich quick 
um, somehow we can become a YouTube sensation or we can start a, uh, a side hustle. And somehow, you know, you hear these people that have got a side hustle and they're bringing in 30,000 and 50,000 a month. And you're thinking, yeah, we can do that. And, um, you know, or, you know, we can do these things. And I, so I think that the 20s, 30s and 40s, at least for right now, is there's a lot of thought that goes into side hustles and a lot of thought that goes into, um, you know, how can I make more? Um, but a lot of times, many times, the last thought is not how can I invest more? It's how can I do get more money so I can buy the better car, have the nicer house, like you said, so I can spend it. And I know so many people that by the time they hit their 40s, they are up to their eyeballs in debt. And their credit cards are maxed and they're going, oh my word, what did we do? You know, and now they're digging out when they really should be accelerating. So Penny, can you speak into that a little bit? Because I think there's that temptation there, you know, to try to keep up with what we feel like is uh, the the Joneses, if you would, you know, that to keep up with the, the status quo of the American dream. But at the same time, if we lose sight of the long term plan, then we really are can be in trouble by the time we hit this the time we get to our 50s, we're eyeballs in debt. Well, I think you said it perfectly. Uh, that's exactly right. It's a very boring road, okay, to save and to invest. It just is. You can't make it exciting. It's self-discipline, you know, it doesn't get any easier the older you get. But if you can just keep your sights on how do I want to live when I'm in my 60s and my 70s? Do I want to depend on other people or do I want to depend on myself and the Lord? And if the second is the case, forget the get rich schemes. You might be the one in a million that hit it. Chances are good you're not. But the chances are on your side 100% if you start in your 20s and pay off your debt. You know, don't be ashamed. It's not like the walk of shame if you have debt. If you've got debt, you've got debt. Get it paid off and start saving money to whatever degree that is appropriate for your situation, but don't get caught up in the get rich. I mean, we just experienced it a few months ago with what happened with particular currency that everyone was throwing money in and getting super rich and the whole thing just went away. Um, the old, you know, I kind of sound like an old person here, but the old way of doing it is the best way. Yeah. Buy, buy for growth, put your money in growth mutual funds, et cetera, whatever your financial advisor recommends you do. If you don't have one, go to the HR person at your company, say, get me in tune with somebody, get me in touch. They will. There's plenty of help out there to do it the very boring, long way. But again, a much more sure way than trying to find that way to one in a million who might it might work for. Mm. You know, it's life is just not that way. It's the hard work and keeping going, moving. I mean, the Lord just shows it to us over and over in the Gospels. You know, um, the easy way, the fast way is not always his way, and it shouldn't be our way either. Yeah. So that's that's really helpful and to encourage us um, just to stick it out. Some of us, like me, are um, just spendthrifts. So I just, you know, I my money just I had it and now I don't. You know, um, and so the saving and the and the and and it it is tedious, but like you said, it's just and and Reba Reba talked to us about habit changing a few, you know, a few podcasts ago, we talked about just making small changes. We'll make, you know, we'll continue on. What was the name of that? Um, uh, it's that called habit stacking. Yeah. Habit stacking. Um, yeah. Habit stacking. Yeah. And it's just trying to 
you know, stack an old ha- a, a new habit to an old habit in order yeah. to be able to c- get consistent in that area of your life. Um, and yeah, definitely. I just think this is a de- penny said it. It's just a discipline, yeah. Yeah. especially when, um, you know, you never, when you don't have a lot and you just feel like I don't have a lot and I don't have anything I can, honestly, I don't, I can't give this. And yet what I have found ironically for me, what I have found mm. is if it disappears before I know, I, I mean, if it, I just never see it, it never yeah. lands in my checking account. If it right. just, you know, if then I somehow I live without it. Uh, you know and it's so like you know it's one of those things for me it's been a a way of okay how can I increase the amount that I just don't even see it it just Mm. never lands in my checking account and I so wish that I had known this honestly I'm sitting in the middle of my 50s right now and I so wish that I had grasped this in my 20s because even though I've never made a lot of money per se that, that that just the discipline of starting that action if i had done this in my 20s i would be sitting in a completely different place that i'm sitting at right now mm-hmm. and so i think that um man if you're listening you and you're in these three decades that we've just talked about 20s 30s and 40s um take this seriously there's so many great resources so many great ways that you can really make a, just to be disciplined in this area of your life in your spending and in your saving um, and I think that makes you such great stewards. So, but now we're going to kind of kick into these, these last three, these zones here, as we look into rolling into our fifties, where I sit right now, uh, rolling into our sixties, Penny, where you're at right now in your life and then beyond. So let's talk about that. Penny. What, what does it look like as we roll into our fifties? Well, you said something really important, Reba, that I wanted to reiterate, and that is never let the money land in your account. Uh, take it out, get it, you know, whatever that looks like, whether your employer can put it to the side and save it for you, whether your bank checking account automatically debits it out to an investment. It's funny, if you never touch it, you never have to make that decision over and over again. The decision is one time it's made, it's done. Um, You know, your 50s is is just save, save, save. It's it's interesting how many people, when they get in their 50s, they never think they're going to get in this situation, but they do. They get in a situation where their job starts paying them more, if you will, than they really thought they would make doing that, okay? Or maybe they have a couple of side hustles that really are kind of starting to meld, okay? So 50s, usually you start seeing yourself go up in salary and go up in, um, um, what should I say? In Well, salary, that's a good answer. Anyway, and so just, again, don't touch it. Take those big chunks, those big amounts that you get and put them away immediately. Don't even think about, about spending those that piece of money. So the 50s, it's just save, save, save. And then the 60s, it's a pivot, okay? You're pivoting in your 60. You need to start lowering your expenses as much as you can with the idea of getting ready for retirement. At retirement, you want to be able to live on about 70% of what you do today. Okay, and that means a lot of different things to a lot of people. It it sounds, oh, my goodness, 70 percent. I'm just going to be starving, you know, living under the bridge. You're not. It's so easy to pull back on expenses when you're not going to a job every day. It's just a whole different world. So when you start in your in your 60s with retirement and you're living on 70 percent less than what you have been, you've got Social Security checking up. kicking in if you have social security some places don't some teachers don't etc but chances are good you've got something that will give you that extra income and so then you start like we talked about living a little more intentionally about where you want to spend your money and where you want to put it but the 60s are really where you make that big pivot and uh and it all looks different maybe you're not saving money anymore maybe you're spending it and that's okay too if you've done it right so Mm. 
Okay. Wow. So even for people that maybe don't look to retire in their 60s, they're like, you know what? Hey, I think I can hang on to my 70s and, I, and, and my job is going to allow me to do that. Would you still give them this same advice uh, if they're going to if they're going to try to hang on a little bit through their 60s uh, and not not retire early on? Yeah, if you're going to not retire, again, just keep saving like you have been. It just makes life better when you do finally retire. Some people never want to retire. That's wonderful, too. You know, a lot of what you earn and make, you're going to leave to your children or your family or whatever. Maybe that's your goal. Okay, so backing up here a little bit somewhere in here, you need to start thinking about what is my goal? Is my goal to retire comfortably? Is my goal to retire less, maybe not as great as I want to, but I'll be able to leave money for my family. Again, everyone has different goals, if you will, but figure out what it is. If you're married, it's important that you and your husband have those same goals. But let's say you just, you know, he isn't a saver and he's just not, then you've got to take it onto yourself. And that's your responsibility to take care of that in your household. And some women have to do that. Just like some women who aren't married end up having to uh, obviously end up having to do the whole thing. It's not rocket science. Okay. This idea of saving for retirement and having money when you're in your sixties and seventies, like we said earlier, it's not hard to do. It's, or excuse me, it's not rocket science. It's not hard to do. It's hard to make yourself do it. And um, it's a discipline. So, so, you know, I'm, I'm so thankful that you've kind of broken it down into, you know, these, these sections, this, um, the decades, you know, because it is interesting to see how things shift, you know, as you, as you get older and it, you know, and like you said, it does look different for everybody, you know, depending on your job, um, as a missionary, we've had to create our own, uh, retirement plan. And I'm so thankful for my husband who has been disciplined way more than I would have been um, for, for that reason. But it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, you know, money is a, like you said, it's a spiritual, it's a biblical concept. It's something that we have to think about. What is your best advice and some tips maybe for women and their money? And uh, besides after they have bought the Dare for More Coffee and after they bought the Mercy Jewelry, now what are they supposed to do with their money after that? You, you mean past plug? Yeah. Um, you know, we didn't talk about this yet, but tithing obviously is the important thing here. Mm. Um, the Lord blesses people. That's not why you tithe, but you really do have a different perspective on money. I believe when you tithe, it just mm-hmm. God almost gives you a peace because you know, you're doing that right. Okay. Um, as far as tips for people, as they get older, the main thing is don't ever look at the money, never let it touch your little hands. So you don't have to spend it. It just automatically goes into, um, into retirement or into whatever bucket, if you will, you're saving for if you're younger, save for growth. Okay. So when you're looking at that list of investments that you can put it in mutual funds or whatever, look for the growth word. Okay. You have plenty of time. Okay, markets go up, markets go down. But if you invest for growth when you're early on, you've got plenty of time for it to work out. The time value of money truly is a concept. When you're getting closer to retirement, maybe 50s or 60s, maybe you don't want to be 100% growth. Maybe you want to back it up just a little bit and start uh, getting a little less aggressive with your investments. So the way you invest your money is important. We haven't touched much on that today. But again, that financial advisor that you trust or work with is the person who will help you make sure you're in the right bucket as you age, uh, depending upon what your goal is. I'll say this, find someone that you appreciate and like and will listen to to give you financial advice about investing, okay? Whether it's at your bank, 
your credit union, a financial institution, a brokerage, whatever, interview a few people. And don't think just because you're a small investor that I have no right to interview who I want to handle my money. You have every right to do that. That's what these people do. And so get someone that you trust, that you respect, that you will listen to. Because if you're not going to listen to them, you're wasting their time and your time as well. So find that person. If you're married, that you and your spouse both like and appreciate. Um, Just keep walking forward in this process. You're going to make some mistakes. You're going to see something that didn't work. But if you just keep saving, just keep putting it away, never spending it and not acquiring debt, you'll make it to the end of the race. And you said something I think is so good that we really haven't delved into too much, but I do think it's a great question that maybe you can kind of speak into a little bit. And that is the spending side of things. We've talked about the investing and the saving and, you know, paying off your debt and and so forth. But there's also those biblical principles and stewardship principles of just how we obviously have to spend money, Um, you know. And so are there things about spending, as you think, um, not necessarily saving, not necessarily investing, but on that other side of actually the dollars that we keep in our bank account that we're actually needing to budget and walk through. Are there some things there that you could kind of help us with when we think about spending our money? I'm going to give this to you and it's in very broad terms. Okay. So you can, you can make it work for you, but I always tell people, you know, start out with your tithe. Now, 10% is kind of the number I use and I've always used, but make that your first one. About 50% of what you make should be used for essentials, you know, rent, utilities, food, whatever. Um, 20% is a great number for savings. And that's a big number, but it's a, it's a really good number. You'll get there wherever you start. You'll get there if you're saving 20%. And then, uh, the final amount is just kind of flexible, you know, emergency stuff, whatever you need, you know, go buy yourself something pretty. My goodness. You can't be so into the savings that you never do anything good for yourself. Well, you will totally fall off the wagon. So spend a little bit on yourself, something that you enjoy. You don't have to go out and buy a new car. But, you know, maybe a new dress, new pair of rings, whatever makes you feel good and keeps you in the game. Okay, just keep it in the game. Um, Again, credit card debt is the worst debt. So if you have different versions of debt, school loan, credit card, car, whatever, you have to look at it. Um, Dave Ramsey is a great source for these ideas about how to budget. What debt do I pay off first if I've got a lot of debt? Um, Dave Ramsey, I know a lot of people are familiar with him and a lot of churches do his program. Um, I almost care. I don't care who you are. I think you can gain something from some of the things that Dave Ramsey says. I don't think you have to be in your twenties. I think his philosophy of investing and saving money, I think it's really solid. So I would recommend you do something like that. Um, that's really, those are my tips, if you will, for how to get I'm not a budget person, so but if you could use those percentages more or less and pulling together a budget for yourself and for your household, I think that that really those are good, reasonable numbers. Good, that's so good. It helps us live within our means. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm. exactly. And I you you said something about, and I think some of us uh, who aren't as good a planner. See, I'm married to an excellent planner. And, um, but I personally am not a good planner, but just having a guideline and, and, and sit down and be honest with what you have, be honest with what you don't have because of your, and, and then be honest about, about your spending and say, you know, that's really out of my, you know, out of my range or out of my budget and just kind of 
you, you need to, you can't go in there blindly. You're not going to hit the target if you're, if you're shutting your eyes. And so you definitely need to be honest about, about what you have. And I mean, that's, these are just such good principles, uh, Penny, but go over those percentages really one more time, real quick. Um, so everybody can get it. I think it was 50, 20, 10, 20, what? And, and I, it added up to about 160% to me. There you go. Sounded like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, start out with your 10% time. Yeah. Okay. Then 50% of what you make, use that for essentials. Okay. Then the other 20% use that as savings. Okay. And so if you've done that, you've, you're up to 80% right. that you've spent. The last 20% is flexible. Okay? okay. So if you're doing something for um, yourself, or maybe you're having to buy a new car or something like that, that comes out of that 20% flexible yeah. money. Yeah. Um, again, someone making 20,000 a year, these, these real numbers look very different. And mm-hmm. I understand that, but if you kind of versus someone who's making a hundred thousand a year or whatever, uh, but if you'll just kind of stick with those percentages, that will mm-hmm. get you there. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's really good. And I think this is so good. You know, uh, of course, Allie's married. I'm single. Mm-hmm. And so for single women or, you know, and, and I've never been married, but there's a lot of women who were married and maybe their husband passed away. Maybe they've been divorced. Um, and so they find themselves single. And I think for single women, money can be really intimidating, especially if you weren't the money person in your home uh, before you lost your husband. Uh, there can be a lot of intimidation there around money and what to do with it. And so I think that not being afraid, I think, you know, you've just told us some things today. It's like, okay, you don't have to be afraid of money. Actually, God gives us money and calls us to be stewards of it. And so um, I love it because we have an opportunity to save and I have an opportunity to give. And, um, you know, I have an opportunity to spend as God, you know, as God blesses and whether it's car payments or homes or whatever the needs are, the necessities. Um, but just, you know, as I've been gotten older, asking the Lord, even though I don't, I, I, you know, I'm not over here rolling in it, asking the Lord, Lord, is there ways you can give me so that I have an opportunity to actually in, invest in your kingdom, to be able to spend it in ways that are, that are important and powerful. And I think when all of a sudden we get rid of all the fear of money and we start looking at it as a tool, it it changes our perspective. That's good. No, that's absolutely correct. Um, I think we get intimidated too easily by money. And uh, like I said earlier, it's not rocket science. Many people do it well. And it's not usually the person you really realize is doing it well. You know, some of my clients have walked in to see me and and they just didn't look like they had two dimes to rub together. But when you looked at what they had done, with what had God had given them, it was really amazing. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that uh, different different ways of doing it, uh, but it all comes down to, this is so simple, but spend less than you make, okay, and really try to save something. Um, the other last thing I'll add here, and this is so important for women, get a will, okay? Even if you feel like you have nothing left to give anyone when you're gone, get a will. It doesn't cost much. You can do them online or you can go see an attorney, but it is such an important piece of the money pie to have a will to designate who you want to get what when you're gone. It's particularly important with a husband and wife and children. You would be so surprised people that come into my office that are worth just an amazing amount of money and they don't have a will because it's uncomfortable for them to think about what happens to my money when I die. So I'll just say that and kind of my last point, if you will, is whoever you are, however much you have, however old you are, just make sure you have a will. Good advice. 
Well, this okay. Allison, this has been really good today. Um, uh, <laughs> and so helpful. And I think that and not as list- painful as I thought it would be. So no. that was wonderful. If no, money no, no. is not intimidating, savings is not rocket science. Uh, just do it. But I love that phrase. You don't worship your wealth you worship with your wealth. And I think that's um, just beautiful, especially given that we are to be rooted deep and, um, and in, in God's principles and in, in what he has told us in his word. Mm, that's good. Good. Well, listen, I think if you've been listening today, you've got so many great things. And, and if you have questions, um, you know, shoot us some extra questions and maybe we'll bring Pete back and we'll just do a Q&A for all the things that maybe you, you've thought about during this time. And you're like, oh, man, I would have loved for that to been an open mic where I could have asked a few questions. Uh, so but good stuff. And I think just so practical for us, uh, specifically as women, thinking about what it looks like. How do we manage our money? What do we need to do during these decades uh, of time period, wherever we're sitting? Um, and how can we be good stewards of what God has given us? So I think, boy, you've got all of that today in this podcast. This has been super. So Penny, thank you. Uh, so much for being with us today and just kind of sharing your well, your your wealth of knowledge and experience with us today. It's been absolutely great. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. All right. Well, until next time, stay rooted deep. Thank you for listening to Rooted Deep. To learn more about Dare for More Ministries, go to dareformore.org and look up Mercy Workshop at mercyjewelry.org. Thank you.